What you might hear on the Dad Podcast can be considered offensive. We have explicit content. You have been warned. Proceed with caution. Titties! You're listening to the Dad Podcast. Let's get started. Fuck those little kids. Yeah. Okay, so before we get this going, I just want to say that uh, instead of doing another episode alone this week, I am uh, I'm going to give my sister a call up in Colorado, and I'm just going to warn you now. She corrects me on everything. She's the smart one. Uh, <laughs> she claims we agree on a lot of stuff. We're about to find out. Um, but she is one of the only two people, Sean, uh, who actually call and give me feedback and let me know how bad I sound and how stupid I sound. Uh, everybody else out there, you guys are just listening to me and laughing, aren't you? All right, well, keep laughing. I'm going to give her a call right now, and we're going to get her on here, and we're going to discuss a few things, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Hello? Okay, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. And it looks like you're recording already. Oh, yeah, of course. I had to uh, <laughs> had to get a little I had to get a little something out there before I brought you on just to warn people um <laughs> that you're going to be mean to me. Uh, I'm not going to be mean to you. So you you you're, uh, you're almost my favorite brother. Almost. I'm close. I'm within 3. <laughs> I'm in I'm in the top there you 3. Go. That's right. <laughs> you're in the top 3 for sure. <laughs> I, uh, you had, uh, something you text me about that you, you kind of wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. You want to start with the light stuff or the other stuff? You know, let's start with the other stuff. We both, uh, are dealing with it in our, in our immediate families, I guess is what it's called. Right. I mean, so yeah, I guess it's been bothering me for a while, but I mean, with all the trans stuff going on, I've been thinking about it because you and I both have children who deal with anxiety. Yes. And I heard you bring that up on your last episode. Yes. And recently, um, is your niece, my daughter, Isabella, has been has been suffering from panic attacks, which are new for her. So okay. it's been weighing heavy on my mind. I guess I'm just really bothered by this idea that like anybody thinks they know better what what a child needs than their doctor and their parents. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because it just it just bugs me so much. Like I just don't. I just don't understand. And I guess the perspective I see it from is I don't really see trans affirming care as any different than the care I seek for my daughter um, because she does take medications and that hasn't always been the case, but we started when she was in high school and I got a lot of pushback about that. A lot of people had opinions about why I shouldn't do that and what was best for her. But the thing is none of those people live with her. None of those people knew what she was going through because they didn't live with her they didn't actually see any of this more serious stuff they just saw her her public face um so none of those people actually knew who she was nor were any of those people medical doctors just over opinionated some of them strangers some of them friends and family but i don't know what do you what are your what are your thoughts on that so i think that just goes right into what i said a couple episodes ago it's just the, the karens and the kevins of the world i don't know if that's what you call the the male version but they feel they just got to butt in and be involved in everything even if it doesn't involve them um yeah i mean you know let us figure out and I, i'm sorry i know she doesn't listen but i'm apologizing to you because you're your mom too she is one of the biggest 
towards me of telling me what I should do to my kid or with my kids or how I should handle it. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes I get a little mean and tell her to shut the fuck up, but are we talking about our mother? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, I, I fully agree. It's, it's our decision as the parents on how we handle it. Carter has been on medication as long as I can remember, and he would just barely be his second year of high school, so even before high school. So you started Izzy later than we started Carter, you know what I mean, on medication. Um, yeah, I went with the, I thought if I could teach her how to handle it, I, like, really gave into like, that pressure. Like, she needed to learn how to handle her anxiety without medication. And so it was recommended for her way before then, and I ignored her doctor. And that's another thing that gets me, like, I don't, like, people think people are just, like, rushing out to, like, put their kids on medication willy-nilly. Like, but we're not. Like, people, I don't know how it was for you, but there was a lot of hesitancy on my end. Like, I was extremely concerned until she was actually on the medication, and I saw how much it improved her life. And as a parent, that's what I want. I just want her to not hate waking up every day. So and I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that one, but for me it's the opposite. Um, I didn't really get a whole lot of pushback on the medication because you know what? I don't know if it's it's just because I'm in the mindset that like this is my kid, I don't give a fuck. So I didn't even like, hey, I'm putting Carter on medication. You know, nobody really knew. Mom knew. Um, I, I know. Mm-hmm. I believe you knew in advance because I wanted to talk to you about it because it is he. Um, yeah. But with Carter, I don't like him being on the medication. He doesn't like it. He says he feels nothing. Like, he has no feelings at all. He's just kind of blah. Um, I prefer other natural forms, um, uh-huh. you know, and it helps better. So he is actually starting to, a couple of weeks ago, he's starting to, uh, if I'm if I'm wording this right, I never know if I'm using this in the right, wean himself off of it. Um, he's slowly going down. Because uh-huh. he has been on for the past at least three years, if not longer, the highest dose they can possibly prescribe to a kid. And uh-huh. so he is like going down 25 milligrams each week and trying to get it to where he does nothing. Um, and also, so I'm always, I shouldn't say always, at least since my freshman year of college, I am not a fan of prescription drugs. Um, if, if, uh-huh. if there's a way around it and I know, I know they're there to help and I know not everybody gets the side effects, but a lot of them to me, especially the ones you see on TV, you like, you know, there's an allergy medication that could cause internal bleeding and severe diarrhea. I'm like, I'd rather sneeze. I, I don't need these other side effects. And I know they don't happen to everybody. But if I can get away with not using prescription drugs, um, I prefer it. I think Carter prefers it. Because like I said, he, he, he says he doesn't feel anything. It just it takes everything out of him. He has no emotion. He's just like, uh, just there. And he doesn't like it. So I don't want him on it. So it goes back to the same as what you were saying. What's best for our kids? Carter and Izzy are both um, at adulthood or nearly adulthood at this point, so not yeah. small children. And I think we have the same philosophy there that that they have a right to live their lives uh, the best way they can. And yeah. I will tell you that Isabella once, um, shortly before she turned 18, or maybe it was right after she turned 18, thought she wanted to go off the medication. She said, I've, just, I've been on it since I started high school, and I'm not even sure how I'd feel without it, so I want to be without it. And so she she did the same thing. She started weaning herself off. I think she got to like one week without meds, decided she was miserable and went back. Yeah. And fully supported her doing that just because she had a right to know what it 
like to remember and to know which was better for or without the meds. Oh yeah. She decided she felt better with them. And And so I fully support that and want to continue to support that. And I just don't think anybody else, if we're doing it safely and we have medical support in that, that it's just anyone else's business. Yeah. Like I'm not like family members. Yeah. 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 Well, it wasn't one of our, was it, it was my in-laws. Well, sort of in-laws. They gave me some pushback and then a lot of friends who were just like, but why? Yeah, but why? She doesn't seem like she has a problem to, to me. She seems normal to me. She's just she's just a kid. And I was like, you know, well, you don't live with her. Yeah, you don't and see you, the you don't day-to-day. know. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see the day to day. And I guess that just I don't know. And just the more and more I like see these these laws trying to be pushed into legislation. I'm not a fan as a general rule of people making slippery slope arguments, but that's what I'm about to do because that's what I'm fearful of. Like I, I, it's not, I care and I don't want trans kids to suffer either, obviously, but I don't understand how other people don't see like the danger of, of letting Joe Schmo Senator from wherever, who is not a medical doctor, just an opinionated Senator decide whether or not my kid needs medication. Yes, and and or anything else, because I could roll this right back to the abortion thing too. Like, I I don't know where you get off like deciding for somebody else what is best for their health. So yeah, who are you to to figure that out? Or you know, and and the big one that that gets me here is like, and all these people who are fighting this, like the trans law stuff, aren't dealing with it. They don't know what's going on. They obviously are so out of it, they think that doctors are just going in and taking four-year-olds and giving them sex changes. That doesn't happen. Like, you have yeah. to be... I was just talking with somebody about that today. Like, you just... You know, you want to know who can get um, cosmetic surgery? Uh, girls who want boobs if their parents sign off. Right. After, I think, you're 16. Um, and I don't I don't see any legislators arguing against that. Oh, no. no Nobody's that's, that's saying, fine. let's not sexualize children by not allowing them to have cosmetic surgery before they're 18 right yeah and so yeah that's exactly it like i i get that people think that they're coming from a take care of the kids place but unless you're my doctor or my child's parent your thoughts on this should not matter you go home and worry about your family and let me worry about mine and i don't think that everybody are that is arguing against it is coming from a What's best for the kids case. I think there's a lot of them that are just against um, trans gay. All yeah, of they're just being hateful bigots. Yeah. Yes, I think there's a lot of that. And I'm not saying everybody. Yeah. Um, but even the ones that are for better for the child, that's this that is better for the child. Like you didn't you didn't right. see my son. Like studies be- show that. We know that. That's a reason that exists. Yeah. Like they not- know the best way is is gender affirming care yeah and i'm not saying you personally i'm saying you as in the karens of the world that are trying to stop this you didn't know my son back before he was my son you didn't know him back then you know the the stuff that he went through and the the pain that he had and then all it took was some some um he calls it man juice uh testosterone and some other stuff and he's already become so much different just off of this because he's happier he feels better he knows deep down this is who he was or is. And yeah, he does eventually want the surgeries, but we're doing it and he's doing it the way that the doctors tell you. 
You have to do so many years of medication. Yeah. He goes to so many appointments just to see this is still what he wants. Um, it's not like they're like, okay, you want this? Let's go surgery right now. There's a lot to go through to get that surgery. And now it's getting close to the yeah. point to where he's able to do that. And they're trying to take that away. Fuck all of you. Like, I'll go yeah. wherever I need to go well, you to, know what? to do it. Like, I could turn everything into a feminist argument. But I would really like to live in a world if we could get to a place where we're where people's bodies didn't define who they were, where we didn't say this is what it means to be a woman. Cause this is where like a lot of body issues come for girls too. Right. Oh like, yeah. What, what does it mean to be a girl? What does it mean to be a boy? And, and all cosmetic surgery leads back to that. Like we keep telling people what they have to present as in order to be who they actually are. And ideally I'd love to live in a world where that wasn't a thing. I'd like to live in a world where you just, I'm just Julie and you're just Donnie and that's just whatever it is. Yeah. Whether we present like feminine gender traits, traditional feminine gender, traditional masculine gender, somewhere in between. I, I don't know why we have to keep trying to put people in boxes, but until we stop doing that, I fully support anybody and everybody trans or not. If plastic surgery makes you feel like your outsides match your inside, then good. Exactly. Get that done. I'm glad we live in a time when that's a possibility. Yes, for now. Yeah. Hopefully it stays that way. Uh, Tyler was one of those. Yeah. And there was a kid, and that's what made me bring, bring it up on here. There was a kid, and he's a young kid. And I'm sure it's more of like how he was raised by his parents and, and, and their thoughts because he is only 18 or 17. Yeah. You know, but he's like, I don't get how they made that decision. I was like, it's not a decision. I said the decision they made was to finally be happy and be who they are and to stop hiding it by yeah, being say, what they were born say, as. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> yes. It's I don't have to be pretend to be what you think I should be. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'm not, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not gay, trans, whatever, but I feel I was a little different back in high school and my younger younger days. And you were. <laughs> I have never been more happy than I am now because I'm just mean. Fuck everybody else. I'm going to do what I want to do for me. And be me back then, you know, obviously, uh, like I said, you, you, you kind of, you want to hang out with the cooler kids or you want to, you know, be with this girl. So you, you be different. And yeah, if Carter, well, you had, you had a very like traditional, handsome, like, it's weird to say about my brother, <laughs> whatever, you're ugly dork. <laughs> um, I'm just saying like, I, I know, I remember like dad wanted you to be more sportsy yeah. and because you looked so like traditionally, like high school love story whatever i think everybody just expected you to be more the junk and more more uh more troy than you were you know yeah <laughs> even that I mean, story high school musical that kid wants to sing he was artsy and that's what that's how you were like you were always the gentle giant and the artist and people expected you to be something different than that because yeah. You look like your standard athlete when you're in high school. Don't get and me yeah, wrong. Yeah, there's something beautiful about aging. Like I love football. Give a fuck at some point. <laughs> I, I do wish now that I would have done it more. I did love playing football, and I love watching it. But, yeah, I mean, I also love to draw. I loved being in choir and drama. And, yeah, and I know I was quiet back then. Like, I guess mom said the, the uh, librarian, when she found out, she didn't even know that James, Josh, and I – were brothers because they're so loud and obnoxious and I was so quiet and just did my schoolwork. And, you know, I was, I wasn't not happy. I was always a happy kid, but I was more happy when I finally got to the age of like, 
fuck this. I'm I'm just gonna do me. I'm 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 me and that's it. And that's what I want for my kids. Yeah, me too. So you know, we got the I got the I one. I tell people a fat. lot. Getting fat saved me <laughs> because I got fat after high school. I got fat after high school, and I realized the real secret. People didn't stop liking me because I wasn't skinny. Um, I got super fat. Put on. I'm sure you remember. I put on like 60 pounds. Like as soon as I graduated, put on more since. And I have as many friends and just as easy a time dating now as I as I ever did when I was thin and hated myself because I thought I was fat and not pretty enough. And so getting fat taught me that it really wasn't about how I looked. It was just about how I felt and how I treated people. And I. I don't take a lot of shit from people. And it's not that there aren't still haters. If I started posting photos online, I'm sure like everybody else, I could find a troll who would tell me to shut up. Cause that's fat. Yeah. But, um, what are those called? The keyboard warriors or something, whatever, you know, they're yeah, all, they're go all ahead tough and behind tell me the keyboard. I'm like making the world worse by, by liking myself fat. And now I'm encouraging other people to be fat by being okay with my body the way it is. Yeah. That's, that's it. You be happy <laughs> with you. Uh, I know a couple people that are not little, you know, I don't, I don't like, other than when I talk about myself, I don't like to say the word fat to pe- you know, to compare people. They are big, but they uh-huh. are happy and they're proud of their body and they're fine. That's awesome. Everybody should be. Um, yeah. And I, I would love my, my end goal would be to live in a world where we just let people be who they are and, and understand that like everybody doesn't have to like me and I don't expect everybody to think I'm attractive and I don't think that you're fat phobic just because you don't like fat girls. That's okay. You yeah. don't have to be attracted to every fat girl. See, you don't have to be attracted to every brunette or every blonde or anything else. Are, are you using but it as an example? Because I did you say do that have once. To mind your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I said, are you, are you saying you as into me? Because I said that once. No, no, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm saying you as everybody. Like <laughs> I don't think that people should be made to feel bad for being fat. No. Nor do I think people should be attacked for, we all have physical preferences that we lean to before we know other humans, right? Yes. I mean, it's facts. Like, there are guys I see that I'm like, oh my God, he's hot. And there are guys that I think are okay. And then some of those guys that I think are okay, I get to know and I'm like, oh my God, he's hot. Yeah. Because that's what happens when you're not closed off to other humans. But it does so take like. If you're just like. Go ahead. What were oh, you saying? I would say it does take that. Like when you're when you're when you're at a bar and you're looking to hook up with somebody, it takes that physical attraction first, even if it's just a little yeah. bit. You don't you don't walk into a bar and sit down and be like, "I bet she's got a great personality. I'm gonna go get to know her." You're like, "She's attractive. Right. I want to meet her." And then when the personality comes out, then it's like, "Okay, she's not hot anymore," you know, or "Wow, she's even more beautiful." But there is that physical first and yeah and i don't i don't disagree with that i just don't understand and and it happens on both sides like going online or anywhere else to tell people that they're not attractive like what how much do you hate yourself that you have to like bring other people down you don't have to be attracted to somebody but that doesn't make them unattractive it just makes them unattractive to you and they yeah. probably didn't want to date you right because here's another secret as an adult <laughs> Yeah, I don't really want to date a guy who doesn't like fat girls. There you go. Whether I'm fat or thin, I don't really want to date a guy who can't see that some fat girls are really beautiful. So the easy thing is to be fat, and then I just weed all those people out. (laughs) (laughs) And I I do agree that 
with that with that saying that you know beauty uh what is it beauty's only skin deep or the real beauty's on the inside or whatever and it is yeah yeah but again and it's i it i just think it's just human nature there is that attractiveness first now that's only if you're going out to meet someone like that like you could be in a group of friends you've known for years and you just get to know somebody who you didn't think was attractive at first but you're not out there to meet them in that way in the beginning that can change yeah. where there's not that attractive first but uh, this was a big argument we had with Tyler and and that was when I did say like look I'm 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 not single haven't been for almost 17 years now so it's not like I'm out there on the market and everybody can hate me but I am one of those like and I don't want super thin like I had in high school you know my girlfriends yeah. in high school are way too skinny but I also I'm not attracted so, so to So were you according to some pictures Yeah yeah <laughs> I was too I looked at some of those like wow I don't know yeah that was pretty bad um but I'm not like I can see a girl. I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, I'm sure she's nice. She got a pretty face, but I'm not attracted to that. Now, again, I'm not saying years down the road if I got became friends with them that I wouldn't be then. But if I'm single, I'm going out to meet. I know what I'm attracted to, and that's yeah. where I start. Or that when you're in love with somebody and their cha- looks change, you don't stop being in love with them. Yeah. And and I can't I can't stand that either. Guys who are like, oh yeah, well if my wife let herself go. Well, fuck you. You never liked her in the first place then. You just thought you had a trophy. You know, it's funny is some of those guys, at least the ones I've ran into, when they say, yeah, my wife let, let herself go, they've gotten worse than the wife. Was, yeah, what happened yeah. to you? Yeah. <laughs> there was a guy we worked yeah, with. You're and, not aging so great, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he, he did that. This guy we used to work with, he's like, oh, my wife has let herself go. She's I don't even like to look at her half the time. And I saw a picture of him like, what is wrong with you? Because... This guy was probably pushing 300 pounds and nasty hair falling out. And this girl was like, holy crap, she's beautiful. What is wrong with you? Lucky, lucky to have a wife at all. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I those guys. And you're, you, you, she let herself go? Like, what the? But um, back to the, 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 the kid thing, you know, I've got, I've got the one who's trans and has the anxiety, the depression, the everything going on inside. And then I have another one who says she's pan now when that first happened mm-hmm. i'm like what the fuck is that and then, <laughs> you know she told me well i just i don't see genders i just love everybody if i find them attractive i was like okay same here i mean like, it's a brave new world i like that world <laughs> yeah you know and i was like okay do you i might be a little bit too old to like be able like i i can't and i'm not saying it i won't say it doesn't exist but okay so I can get deep, deep, deep into lesbian TikTok. There's some beautiful women out there. Yeah, there but there is. is no part of me that can imagine having sex with a woman. Like, I am I just don't want to. And I don't want to um, imagine you doing that either, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can imagine loving somebody because I love my friends a lot. And I can imagine, like, spending my life with a friend. But that's about as far as I can imagine. And so I know but I'm strictly attracted to men in that way, you know? So sometimes it's hard for me, you know, we're from, you know, Gen Xers that we are. Are you a Gen Xer? Uh, You are, because we're born the same year. What am I talking about? We're Gen Xers. Duh. 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 Our mom was was a slut who had two babies in one year. Too much LDS in the 70s. (laughs) So, um, nice. LDS, I like it. Finally, someone who gets it. Everyone's like, do you mean LSD? I'm like, no, think about it. 
<laughs> no, she had a lot of babies. LDS. I met LDS. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, it just it's just harder for me. And I and I know that's because I'm older. And so I have to remind myself that a lot when I hear things like pan. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's real. But I don't what does it matter? Whether it is or it isn't, it is, I'm not claiming it. Somebody else is. Good for you. You love everybody. That's awesome. And honestly, if we could all feel that way, it'd be a better world. Yeah. I'm so. I'm the same as you. Um not attracted to guys. Uh, but I know I'm straight. Like there are a lot of hot guys out there and I'm not shying away. I'll be like, yeah, that dude is sexy. But I'm not gonna go have sex with him. That's not what I'm into. But yeah, yeah. I, know, can, I can admit that that somebody's beautiful, but that doesn't mean I want to go to bed with them. Yes, yes. So, and 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 the same thing. Like, uh, you know, I'll straight up say yes. I love you, man. Like to my friends, because it's it's like that. And and, and when people hear that, like, oh, love. No, it's like it's like when I say I love you to my brother or family member. This that's like somebody like yeah. If something's going you on, I am there to help my friend. People you're not related to. Yes, and not okay. want to have sex with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if there's money involved. That's a different story. I'll do whatever I got to do. Well, money makes everything different. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and, and I was confused by the pan thing. And I'm like, well, what is that? And me being a dad, I made my dad joke. Okay, so you like Peter Pan? What's up? You know, but, uh, you know, and she explained it to me. Like, it's just, I love everybody. I don't, you know, if I'm attracted to a girl, then I'll be with the girl. If I'm attracted to a guy, then I'll be with the guy. And I was like, okay, that's bye. Well, at that time, I was not aware there's 72 genders or, you know, any sexual identities or whatever. So in my mind, I'm like, that's bi. Why, why did we change from bi to pan? Why does things have to change? Just keep it the way it was. But, and then I start looking it up and there's so much. And I guess technically you and I are not just straight. We're cis straight or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. We're cisgendered straight people so we look like the gender we were born uh-huh. we present as we were born with the genitals we were born with and we look like what society expects us to look like and we're straight because we are attracted to the opposite sex i'll tell you what my genitals are so. not the same ones i was born with these have changed a lot <laughs> <laughs> my genitals are not the same i grew up with i've had a baby damn it <laughs> yeah this shit is not the same uh-uh. <laughs> but yeah i just i i didn't get a lot of it and i you know i'm trying to be what is it what is it the the youngins call it now woke i'm trying to woke, yeah be and i accept be everybody woke. i i never not accept i don't give a shit like like when my son came out and somebody said hold his head under water that'll change her um and i'm saying her on purpose because that's you know what was said then how they said it yeah you're directly yeah. quoting and i said <laughs> I accept my kid for who my kid is. I don't give a shit if he comes out and says I, I uh, identify as a dog. Fuck yeah, Bow Wow. Clean your room. I don't care. Be you. Whatever yeah. makes you well, happy. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's hard for me when you pick on the younger generation. Not that I don't get it. As a Gen Xer, I'm like, sometimes I'm like these fucking kids. But also, they're kind of brilliant. Because think about what was said there. When, when they've decided that Pay, that bought that by being bisexual isn't a thing because to say I'm bisexual says I only recognize two genders. Yes. But for your daughter to say I'm pan, she's saying I recognize that people are people and I'm not going to put them into these two boxes. Like there are only two ways to be. Yeah. 
I think it's a really beautiful way to see the world, and and it makes me happy for the future. I, yes, hundred percent. I want to see more people think that way. Um, <laughs> but when it came out to to old people like us, I was confused. Uh, I'm getting yeah. better. Um, well, the first time my daughter showed me, my daughter showed me a picture of what she, we were arguing over what an attractive man looked like, and she showed me this picture, and I said, "See, why do you like girly men? All the men you like look like women." This this boy looks like a girl, pretty, pretty girl boy. Why don't you like men who look like men? Because I'm like Harrison Ford, who, of course, is like old enough to be my grandfather, yeah, let alone hers. She <laughs> Han Solo's a young, sexy man. Come on. Young, yeah, this young boy who I think looks like a man. And then I show somebody else. We're at a Christmas party. I show somebody else, a non-family member, like a family friend who was at this Christmas party. And I'm like, okay. Does this boy look like a girl to you? Because she just kept yelling at me. No, no, he doesn't. He's he looks like a boy, and I'm like, he looks like a girl. So I showed it to this other person, and this other person said, um, doesn't look like a girl, is a girl, and and I was like, well, no, just a girly boy, and and then because it was I was not her parent, and she was not willing to like throw somebody else under the bus. She said, well, okay, so technically he's a trans boy. And I was like, what the fuck is? Why are you trying to mess with me? Okay, so in my day, that was just a lesbian, just a boyish lesbian. And it wasn't until that moment that I was like, holy fuck, I've gotten old. Like, yeah. I had to apologize to her. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, you're right. This person says they're male, they're male. And you think they're attractive? And I am wrong to, to say that that's not a boy. Yeah. If he says he's a boy, he's a boy. And I'm glad you think that he's attractive. And I'm sorry that that I'm so old school and still ignorant that I was like, no, no, that's just a lesbian. That's definitely a woman. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Cause no. I'm, I'm married. I'm not on the dating scene, but if I was, you know, I, uh-huh. I can get my answer, but I know you're kind of taking kind of, I don't know your whole situation. I know there's somebody, I don't know, whatever, but as yeah. somebody who's on the dating scene, say you started dating somebody and you found out, they're trans. Would that change your attractiveness to him knowing that he used to be um, a her? I don't think so because if I was, so, so I'm attracted to the masculine, if that makes sense. And I know that, and I don't think, and this might be different from a girl's point of view than a boy's point of view, but I don't think that that would change my attraction. If I met a trans man, I met him as a man and believed him to be a man. And now I'm just finding out the man maybe wasn't born with a penis. And frankly, you can buy those. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can make it look however you want. Wonderful person. Once (laughs) I I went to this, I went to this event thing, this pro LGBTQ other things going on event. Wait, they have professionals now. Hilarious. What's that? They have professionals now. Yeah. Well, there are lots of events. I was I was at a polyamory event <laughs> and um and this person like uh one of the members of the panel that was giving a discussion like opened up a trench coat and said something jokingly about hey, your girlfriend wants a penis. I get it. Take your pick. And I've never ever laughed so hard in my life. <laughs> and so <laughs> that person wasn't trans. But wasn't wrong either. And so if I genuinely fell in love with a trans man, I met somebody and you're masculine and I fall in love with you. 
And then I realized you weren't born male. I don't think that's going to change that I love you. And well, it would be something to work past. Um, you, you penis. I uh, so. see. Yeah, and see, see, this came up because I was watching. I, I don't know if it was a movie, TV show, whatever, the other night. And this couple was dating, and this guy was like freaking out. And I guess dating in a sense, like they actually never went on a date because he kept canceling on the female. And when she finally trapped him and said, you know, I get it. You're weird. You like dead people because he was working in dead bodies and stuff. And you're you're laid back and you have this. And he finally said, I'm trans. He thought she wasn't going to like him anymore. And I'm sitting thinking to myself, and I've seen a lot of very, very beautiful women who then I found out like, oh, you were born Steve? I don't care. Yeah. You're still hot. I, you know, whatever. Now. If the downstairs was still a boy, that'd be something to work around because I don't know how that would, you know. But, yeah, it just so wouldn't tra- change my attractiveness to him knowing that they were born a, born a boy, but they're a woman now because they are a woman. And I'm attracted to women. Yeah, you would obviously have, that's the thing. There's obviously, like, like things to work out in the sex department, but that's not the same thing as attraction. Yeah. Or love. And so... That's just another thing you have to work through. And I guess a funny question for me in like the trans thing, a funny thing I think about is like this whole like when when should they tell somebody? Because on one hand, you're like, you should probably let somebody know early on, right? The relationship. But then also um, for, for trans women, they put themselves in a lot of danger. And I'm not sure that I think you should have to like endanger yourself when you're just meeting people. Exactly. Now, obviously, so why should you have to? Why should you have to come out that way until you're like in a relationship you feel safe in? Yes, and and obviously before, um, the, the I guess the sexual way if it finds out the hard way, uh, pun intended, um, you know, I guess that would probably be you definitely want to do that. But I mean, there's there's like just going on dates and you know when you're first getting to know somebody, and I know nowadays shit's different, like you know, dating and stuff. It's like, you're boinking on the first date and eating buttholes and shit. I'm like, what the fuck has happened to this planet? (laughs) But yeah, I mean the same thing. Like I get it because yes, it is, it is way more dangerous because there are those, you know, as a people, us men, we're fucking stupid. We have a lot of idiot, idiot, idiocracy or whatever going on. And there are those ones that are, that are worse and will freak out about that. You know, well, yeah, because their own like they're not comfortable in their own gender identity, so they freak out and then they hurt somebody. Yeah. And so I agree. Uh, like I mean, look, that that's that's I guess what I'm getting at is you know what if, if I was in the dating world and and I was dating, you know, a woman who wasn't always a woman uh on the outside, um, because I do believe they're always a woman on the inside. That's why they are who they are. Uh yeah. Before it got to. Yeah, that's to, what I'm saying. Like, I'm attracted to what what has traditionally been called masculine. Yeah. And so, regardless of like who you are on the outside, if that's the person you are on the inside, I'm likely to be attracted to you. Yeah, because that is you. Um, uh huh. You know, and and I'm with you. I I can't wait, and I hope that I live long enough to see a big enough change in this world to where people can just be themselves no matter how they were born um 
And there are so many people that I think are awesome. Like I'm watching, Lex watches the, is it called the doctors? Um, the the two plastic surgeon dudes. I think it's called it. I don't know. Uh, botched. That's what it's called. The Beverly Hills ones. The botched. Where like they started off fixing, botched, yeah, fixing botched plastic surgeries. Well, now there's these new episodes where they're not just fixing screwed up plastic surgeries. They're helping people who were born, you know, with deformities or you know, hey, I want to, I want to look how I feel on the inside kind of, you know what I mean? And I think that's awesome. That is, I was like, oh yeah, she paid for a bad nose job because she went to Mexico and was cheap. Serves her right. <laughs> but these new ones, I'm like, that's awesome. And they, they travel now. They're doing, they're not doing it at their own LA. Like you can't make it to us. We'll come to you kind of thing. And yeah, yeah, there is a lot that has changed for the good. But I also think that there have been certain politicians over the past however many years that are trying to take us backwards. That's terrifying. Yeah. And I said that to mom once. I was like, we are literally going, we're taking steps back. And I think you and I talked about this too. um, When I said, why did it have to be a big deal that it was two female pilots? Females have been flying forever. Not forever, you know what I mean? For a long time. Um, two black yeah, quarterbacks, two, two black quarterbacks playing in the Super Bowl. Why? I get that it is a big deal. I do understand that, and I think it's freaking awesome. I don't get why we are in the 21st century, the year 2023, and it just now is a big deal. Well, and I think, I think for you, because you're coming from a different, not a different point of view, but I'm going to say this because I grew up in Idaho and then left. Well, the world you live in is is smaller and when you leave Idaho and live somewhere else you realize that these things that that you and I were raised to believe and that we're taught and that we think about the world aren't actually how the world's operating so when I moved from Idaho to North Carolina which was my first big move I found out that there were schools in the town I lived in that hadn't desegregated until the year you and I were born And I was like, oh, my God, like, really, in my lifetime, segregation was a thing. Like, I thought this was a thing that, like, was solved in our parents' time. And there were places where that was true, but not everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I get that. And so, yeah, and so it is still a big deal because people are still, it's not going to stop being a big deal until we can all say, like, I hear you and, and I know you do. And I understand and I'm willing to accept your experience. And unfortunately, what's happening in the world is people say, this is this is my experience. I experience racism. And a lot of other people say, no, you don't. People aren't like that because it's not like that at my house. But it is like that in other places. You know what I mean? Like you and I would never have said the N word growing up. We'd have probably been knocked across. Yes. Yeah. But I am telling you, like. My landlord, when I moved to North Carolina, like the first time I met my landlord, he used the (laughs) N-word. When my house was broke into, he used it again. And and I just couldn't believe that like people still thought and acted this way. And obviously it all became like, I think the whole world had that experience after Trump was elected. Like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? (laughs) And And so, and like the anti-Semitism, like, I don't, I don't even know how to like take that. It's just like, I'm like, when was that? Why is that a thing? Like, where do we live that that's a thing? 
Like that was just something we read about in history books, right? That's just something Germany did, not Americans walking around being anti-Semites. Like what the fuck? Jews will not. What the fuck are you talking? I just, I don't mean to laugh because it's very sad, but sometimes you just don't know what else to do. It's just so utterly ignorant and frustrating. Yes. And, and that's, that's what I meant by the whole thing was like, I know that's still going on everywhere. I mean, it, it's getting worse here. I mean, shoot, look at Northern Idaho. We've all known for years, KKK and crap up there. It's huge. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is all of that. Why is all of that still a thing? Why are we still here or going back towards it? That's what I meant by the, the, yeah. why is this such a big deal? I know it's all going, it shouldn't be. It should have ended long time ago. You know? Yep. Why is that still a thing, and why is it still We shouldn't have to still be, be arguing over whether or not women can make decisions about their own bodies. Right? We still shouldn't be having to defend black people from being shot by police when they get pulled over. And, and I'm not saying this is all... I mean, the more you study this, and I do, because it's an issue for me, like it's a thing. I teach, and I, wanna, I want these kids to grow up in a better world. And so I go out of my way, like educating children of color summits, reading books out of my way to educate myself. And what I've learned over the last couple of years is that it's just so part of the system. It's just America from the time it was born that people don't have to be intentionally racist for other people to suffer from racism. And so when people are like, I've suffered from racism, they're not saying because it's your fault, because you are racist. They're saying we live in a racist world. And, and there aren't easy solutions, but step one is everybody has to accept that if somebody says, whether it's women or, or it's other races, when somebody says, this is my lived experience, or, or other sexualities or genders, like, this is my lived experience, we need to get to a point where we turn off our brains and, and listen to them and say, I accept that is your lived experience, not yeah. tell them that they're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, 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 and then work together to make things better. Like, how can we make that not your lived experience? And, and so for me, like, like another part of this, we've gone way off the track of what I originally was on about, which was medication and the government <laughs> telling people whether they could or couldn't. But I knew that would happen because you and I both are talkers. <laughs> and that's how this always goes. We start somewhere and we just wander and then we come back and then we wander again. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like I get really frustrated with like books, like people making such a big deal about books because part of people getting better at saying, I accept your experience is seeing their own experiences in books and seeing other people's experiences and understanding that those are both true for somebody, you know? Yes. Like (laughs) I love the, what is it? The, Gosh darn it. It's Alexi Sherman and I can't think of it. Like the real life story of an Indian or something like that. Let me look it up. It was so good. Isn't I read it together? Now, I didn't grow up on a reservation. I didn't grow near a reservation. So that's a life experience I never had and didn't understand. But it was wonderful to read about somebody else's experience, you know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, while you're looking it up, I don't know if... Um, yeah, I mean, you live so far away. You left Idaho. If you get the same news I get. Uh, but did you hear about the, I want to say it was here in Idaho too, but 
they're now trying to pass a law that a parent can sue a school or a library if some of the books inside there are deemed by them harmful for their kids. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Like, libraries need protected. And so I didn't hear about that. I've heard about some other stupid stuff that's happening all over the place, like in Florida and fucking Oklahoma and all kinds of dumb places. But... And Idaho, unfortunately. It makes right? me sad every time I hear news out of Idaho. I'm like, please, it was such a wonderful place to grow up and be a child. Please stop making it look bad. I start, when people ask where I'm from, I start saying Ohio. Boise, Ohio. <laughs> that actually, okay, so happened, okay, this was, okay, so first, I'm going to go back to first. It's called The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. I said his name backwards, Sherman Alexie. A fabulous book, totally worth the read. And I think kids both need to see themselves represented, but other people represented too, because it's how we develop empathy. It's how we start to recognize that that we are all humans. And you can find a shared experience, even with somebody whose life you have nothing in common with. So the character of this story, and I don't know if it's a real story or fiction, I think it's fiction, it's beautiful. I think the author's half Indian, but it's a beautiful story. There's this line in it that I love where he talks about, and I think it was on my my cover picture for a while on Facebook. Um, I used to think that there were that there were lots of different kinds of people or lots of different races, something like that, lots of different tribes. Now there's now I know there's only two, the assholes and the not assholes. <laughs> nice. And and I read that and I thought there was like a connection for me. Like I feel that right. So. I used to think there were all different kinds of people, but now I know there are two kinds of people, the kinds that care about each other and the kinds that don't. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Anyways, off the subject books. So yeah, libraries need protected because we need books and it should, there should be books that offend you. There should be books that offend everybody and protecting your children is your fucking job. Not exactly. the libraries, not the schools, not somebody else's parents. If you don't want your kid to read that, then you keep your kid from reading it. It's not the library's job. Yeah, don't check the out the library's book. job is to provide books for everybody. So if you don't want your kid to read it, but I do want my kid to read it, why does your kid take precedence over mine? Yeah. The library should have something for everybody. Uh, agreed, hundred percent. Yeah, and if you as a parent don't, then that's not the school board's problem. It's not the school library's problem. It's not other parents problem it's yours pay more attention to your kids quit trying to get other people to parent for you and if it's too hard to shelter your child as much as you want your child sheltered maybe you need to consider that you're not preparing them for actual life yeah maybe you need to shelter them less here's the thing like honestly i've gone out of my way not to shelter is sometimes i feel bad about that like i'm not like like (laughs) she once said to me And this is why I don't feel bad that I didn't shelter her more. She once said to me, yeah, sometimes, this was when she was in high school, sometimes I feel bad for other girls when I hear them talk. I think, what do you mean? You don't don't talk about dick pics with your mom? (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds terrible, like we're judging dick pics. But it was just a conversation we'd had about child pornography and people sending pictures and what's okay to share and what's not okay to share and why people do it. And I've always been like, hey, if you're going to have sex, have sex. Like, res- I, I quote Pink, respect is just the minimum. I'm not going to tell you you have to be in love or who it should be or any of that. And you know what? I have an adult virgin. 
So telling kids something and exposing kids to something doesn't guarantee that they're going to become the thing you talk about. Because I've always been like, I would rather my child be screwing everybody than fighting. (laughs) I don't know why we worry so much about the amount of sex our children are exposed to and not the amount of violence in video games and movies and everything. And I don't think violence in games makes kids violent. I think it's a cultural thing. I, I think that when you have a culture that celebrates violence, that makes people violent. When you have a culture that says it's okay to hit somebody when you're angry, that's what causes violence, not video games, not movies, right? Having said that, I can't understand a parent flinching at a sex scene, but being okay watching, having their child watch a movie where somebody's face gets curb stopped. Like, what the fuck is wrong with our world? Yeah, yeah. We would rather have our children see blood and gore than sex. It's, it's terrible. Like I've said many times, one of my favorite words is the word fuck, and I say it all the time, and I don't punish my kids if they say it, if they say it the right way. You know, they they know that I'm not going to get mad if they cuss. Um, uh-huh. But if they walk outside and walk over the street and they t- look at another adult and they're like, fuck you. If there's not 100% a great reason, like something happened, then they're going to get in trouble. They know not to do it at the wrong time. They don't tell the teacher to fuck off. They don't, you know, he's he, not, they're not going around school. What's that? You don't get to be disrespectful. There's a difference yes. between swearing and being a disrespectful jerk. Yeah. So yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. Like, so it started when his was young and she used to do that thing. I'm sure you've seen videos of kids doing this, but she would say, uh, there's that one really famous, like TikTok, YouTube, I don't know where it started, but permission to swear. And then the little girl like loses her mind saying every cuss word she knows that her siblings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't have a sibling to swear at, but she would come home sometimes um, when I first, when she first went to high school just so upset and she would start our conversations that way i'd say how'd your day go and she would say can i swear may i swear about this and i would let her because sometimes you have to say fuck like that's what it calls for that's the emotion yeah fuck this that they could all go to hell kiss my ass fuck those fucking fuckers i'm okay with that you could say fuck this you could say fuck that you could say i don't like this shit you could say they could go to hell what you can't say, what you can't do in my world is look at another human being and and say, you're a bitch. You're a cunt. Fuck you. Unless that person is attacking you, you're just an asshole. Yes. So it can't be aimed at people in particular. You know what I mean? Like Now, what about like, so so Alyssa will be with her friends and I'm the same way and I'm, I'm pretty sure you were too when we were going, I'm like... Say you're, you know, there's like a group of five, you're sitting out there on the trampoline and one of them does something and you just laugh. You go, you're a bitch. That, that's okay. Oh yeah, of course. Cause it's said with love. Yes. It's, it's not said in anger. Or hate. Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, fuck, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, what? and also like, like I've said this a, couple, a few times too, is, is we as people of the United States, you know, or anywhere in the world, but. We make words bad. Like in, in UK, cunt is used as like 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 a joking like, you know, like I just said, like you're just laughing like you, bitch. Like that's how it is. Yeah. Well, and fag Cabela's is something different. Word. That is her favorite word, I swear to God. I had to tell her once, you, you got to use that more sparingly or it loses its punch. Yeah. Like it just quits mattering when you say it that frequently. <laughs> Sometimes you just look at somebody you want to call a cunt and you're like, see you next Tuesday and walk away. <laughs> 
because you know eventually it'll click like what C-U-N-T- <laughs> oh you know but yeah it's and i i yeah. get it i get some people find that word telling disgusting and that's fine as bad if not worse than telling somebody yes. to fuck off so i hate it's how, that it's how the word is used not the word itself yeah i i hate calling somebody stupid or um you're an idiot or like i i i, I don't like that and, yeah. and some, sometimes, sometimes I do it. Like when we do it to our family. Yes. And yeah. sometimes middle finger goes, that means go to hell. Like when Iz and I are driving down the road past the, uh, the fucking anti-abortion oh, yeah. birth posters, billboards. We'll just, you know, put up a middle finger. <laughs> I do it to work every time I drive by. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it to my work. As I'm, as I'm. As as I'm flying to Vegas, you know, here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing it out the plane. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So to bring this back to parenting, it's about the end. Like, what what are you trying to teach your child? What are you trying to teach your child? Like, anything you do, you should be asking that every single time. What are you trying to teach your child? So with swearing, like, I'm trying to teach her like when it's appropriate and when it's not. So. Is that word bad? No. Is that word inappropriate for school? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> is it inappropriate in front of people older than you who, who expect you to be respectful and quiet and didn't grow up like with parents that let them just spread the C word around everywhere they want? No, that's not an appropriate time. You can't walk through the grocery store just swearing at people. <laughs> yeah. But you come home, you want to tell your mom about your shitty fucking day and the cut you had to sit next to? Go ahead. Yeah. Feel free. <laughs> Feel free, because it's a perfectly appropriate time to use it. <laughs> but also, there are those times, like, we have, I don't know if you guys have it, uh, the Nextdoor app or whatever, where, like, anybody in the neighborhood, you know, who downloads it or in the area can get on. It's kind of like another, it's like another MySpace or whatever. You get on, you create something, you can, you can it's like a forum to just get on and talk. There are so uh-huh. many Karens around this neighborhood that. I mean. That's all that exists on social media, I think, yeah. for the most part. <laughs> but, like, as far as, like, the, the swearing, there was a group of, like, I swear to God, one of them is on there um, every 50 minutes. If these are your teenagers, there's a group of teenagers down there, and they're saying F this, F that. I'm like, they're teenagers. They're in a grass field. Shit happens. Get over it. Keep your toddler away from them. She didn't even, <laughs> Yeah. She's like, I don't have kids, but if I did, I'm like, what's your problem? Oh, God, those are the worst kind. Yes. But I don't have kids, but if I did. No, you wouldn't. Shut the fuck up, Karen. <laughs> yeah. You think all kinds of things before you have kids. I know I was the best parent in the world before I had a child. I didn't realize how much I sucked at this job until after I had a kid. <laughs> you, you are never as good a parent as you think you are in your head when you were childless. And every, and I'm guilty of it too. Every childless human being out there thinks that they're the best parent that ever wasn't. <laughs> if I had a kid, <laughs> I would do it right. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, if you had a kid, they'd have ran away. Um, <laughs> there, there, there are reasons that, that all the therapy jokes are about how your parents fucked you up. Because there's no such thing as good parenting. <laughs> or perfect parenting. There's good parenting. There's not perfect parenting. So, so... Back to the really quick, back to the, the, the library and the books thing. And this is something I truly believe in. Just like you, you don't like that and you think it's offensive, don't check it out. You don't have to block everybody else. Same with TV. 
people trying to get TV stations or radio stations taken off because I don't like the what they show and what they play on there. Your TV is programmable. You don't have to have that channel on your TV. I right. enjoy it. And as far as shows, we have a rating system. So use the rating system. Yeah. You're worried about your kid accidentally hearing a swear word because it's PG? Watch the movie first. Yeah. Program that stuff to, to, to not be on your TV. Like, it's really easy. You click here and you put forget channel and it's done. Like, then it, you and can't again, if this on. is all too much work for you, you might be, need to consider that you're hiding your child from the world they will have to live in when they are not a child anymore. And then what's going to happen? Right. Right. When they just like hit shock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then as far as therapy. I'm going to go back to the kid thing here. Now, we were talking about, like, the medication and stuff and, and therapy. And from what I understand from our, our mother, uh, Izzy has a therapist, and she absolutely yes. loves her therapist. Yes. Like. Yeah. I mean, honestly, now she wants to break up with him but can't quite bring herself <laughs> to ask him for another therapist because he's her friend. Yeah. He's her paid friend. Like that's I make a lot of jokes about that. <laughs> that's funny. Because she has anxiety. There's only so many people in her life. Yeah. And he's someone who gets paid to listen to her talk and gripe about her parents. And it is my personal opinion that every teenager should just be assigned an adult that they can complain to their parents about about their parents too. Like, my parents suck and here are all the reasons why. <laughs> yeah. Well you need that. I you agree. need somebody to just tell your story too and yeah my kid loves her therapist that's awesome um carter uh i personally don't think he tried but i'm accepting his it doesn't work for everybody i do agree with that not everybody it's going to click for um he refuses to see a therapist he hates it he will not do it he doesn't want to and we tried in the beginning we're like for for what's going on in your life you have to and they do. They require that. Before they give you the testosterone, the any other medication he's on, he has to speak to therapists for so many hours first. Yeah. And that's, again, that goes back to, like, all these people who are trying to block this shit don't even know what you have to go through to be able to get this to yeah. begin with. Like, they think you wake up one morning and be, hey, for funsies, today I'm going to be a boy. Yes. Today I'm going to be a girl. I'm going to go get some tits for fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and- Technically, a man was allowed to do that because, well, the He's, patriarchal world that men can make bets and go get tits if they want to and then decide to keep them if they want to. Yeah, he still has but, them. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> He's weird. Yeah. Who makes that bet in the first place? But whatever. Yeah. Uh, Somebody desperately needs attention. But they're not allowing kids to just wake up and change their mind. Yes, and and to, to block any help whatsoever is so dangerous to that kid. Like we think that our, our youth suicide rate is high. Now it's going to get worse if they make it. So you can't get the help you need. Now see, it would be different if, if hormone therapy was permanent, but it's not even surgery is not surgery is not. That's right. Surgery is not permanent. You can undo almost everything you can do. Yes. So, so, yeah. but more importantly, like we said before, they're not letting these minors who, who, who feel they were born in the wrong body have major surgery. They're just not, it's nobody wants it and nobody's allowing it. Yeah. Nobody's letting kids under 18, like change their, their genitals. Nobody. So, no. so stop thinking about that. What they are doing is offering to stop puberty 
or to change the way it happens to them, which is completely reversible, which don't even get me started on the sports thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you on the sports thing. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, because, okay, so once you were a boy and now you're playing on a girl's team and somebody's threatened, you're taking estrogen. Your muscles go to shit just like women's do if you're taking estrogen. And if you were a girl and now you're taking testosterone, uh, you can fucking com- and you can compete with the boys. Good on you. Shit, I some girls can women- compete with the boys without testosterone. Right, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> I-, I mean, we both have a niece who could outrun probably every boy in the state, right? Yes, in Idaho. Oh yeah, yeah. And and she's not taking anything, and she doesn't need to. And the problem with people getting all up in arms about the sports thing is exactly what. And I think it happened in Idaho. It might have been somewhere else. Where a girl was accused of being a boy. Okay, so she was competing in a sport. She beat some other girls, and then parents made a complaint demanding to know if she was trans because no way another girl could just beat their daughters. No way this girl was just actually a better athlete. And she was born female. She was just a better athlete, and some parents were being petty, petty pricks. So. This girl has to jump through hoops and her parents have to jump through hoops to prove she's not trans in just, school. Just because she about, was like, better than somebody else. People are getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just ridiculous. And that, that situation only exists because somebody is being bigoted. It, but, it doesn't matter. And if you think it matters that your kid might have to compete against somebody of the opposite sex, you're fucking taking shit too seriously. Yes. And, and, and well, first off, yes, you're taking the sports way too serious, but second off to, to even openly say that you have a physical advantage because you're born as a man over a woman. It's so it's ridiculous. Sexist. It so yes. So, so now you're just showing how, how bad you are as a human being. Like, I feel like some places put out these stories, but then when you dig into them, it's not real. Like, the only one I've heard of was the Olympic swimmer, uh-huh. and she didn't even win. I, so I don't know what the fuss was about. That's what I'm trying to figure out, too. And and Tyler, Tyler when we talked about this a long time ago, was one of those that, well, they had an unfair advantage because it came out a while back. It was at, the U, it was at U of I. There was a female track, um, I don't want to say player, runner, whatever, who wasn't allowed to be on the team. She just wanted to run track. That's what she did her whole life. But because she Uh was born a boy, they thought she had an unfair advantage to be on the women's track. And first off, I'm like, why? You know, I I was... Yeah, no, once again, we have a niece that can outrun every boy in the state, so fuck the fuck off with that. Or how about that girl that you made me date in high school who could bench press me? (laughs) (laughs) Like... Being born a man or being born a woman does not give you a physical, a physical advantage or disadvantage. It's just all how you get ready for it. You know how you prepare to to, yeah. to play that so, sport. And so here, from a, from a medical point of view, I'm gonna put this in to keep from other people like correcting us on this. Medically, because of testosterone, boys grow muscles easier than girls. Boys are more muscular. Okay. There are things that affects like easier, which you could throw a ball. Right? Easier, yeah. but if a female yeah, puts but, her life yeah. into so it, when you compare, yeah, that's gross generalizations. You're right. There are boys who can't throw a ball at all. There are boys who are completely not muscular. This I all work comes with down some of them. Much, yeah, <laughs> this all comes down to testosterone and estrogen and those sort of things in your system. 
So the second you're on those gender affirming drugs, you're either losing or gaining muscle mass. Yes. So any advantage you supposedly had is gone. Yeah. So I came across this article uh, that's talking about like the physical advantages that men are born with, right? Or not born with that happened post puberty. So first of all, this shouldn't be a question for anybody who was allowed gender affirming care as a child because puberty was male puberty was blocked, right? Okay. But post puberty males possess significant advantages. During puberty, boys generally develop longer and denser bones. More muscle tissue, more strength, more speed, greater height, and greater lung capacity than girls. These differences provide men with performance advantage that ranges from, this is how small it could be, from 8 to 50%. 8% is a pretty small advantage, frankly. <laughs> this is why men and women have different tee boxes in golf, different three-point arcs in basketball, different net heights in volleyball, and different hurdle heights in track. Performance advantage, including musculoskeletal mus- features and lung capacity, persist even after transgender women suppress testosterone levels or surgically change their bodies. And so then this article goes on, it's a Forbes article, Forbes article, goes on to suggest, which I don't, this seems so simple, I don't know why everybody's making such a big deal out of it, that for these women, you have a trans category that a woman can choose to join into. Boom. Problem Boom. solved. Problem solved. And, and really... <laughs> We're talking about, at that level, if you have to do that, we're talking about professional sports. Not intramural sports, not kids' sports, not, we're talking about, like, paid for sports, right? Yeah. Or competing at Olympic level. The other problem I have with this is people making such a big deal about it. Like, how many competitors are there really? How often is this really happening, like, percentage-wise, for the amount of people who, who compete? Probably 1%. How many trans women have been treated in a way that they're comfortable enough being athletes and trans women. Because once again, this goes back to what we tell people they have to be. Yeah. So, so you think you're a woman and being athletic feels male. You're going to avoid that, not jump into it. And obviously there are athletic females. And so obviously athletic trans women exist and should and have a right to, but I just don't think that this is a problem that like deserves like this much attention. You know, I don't, I don't think that there's enough of enough of an issue. No, you never hear about, you're not hearing about trans men. You're not hearing about people that were born female that became male, not being allowed to compete. No, because not at once all. Again, this is about making women less than. Yeah. If it wasn't, then we would hear about both sides of this, but we don't. Because they because feel women are less than right. Yes. So exactly. we're not worried about somebody who was born female and became male. Clearly they don't have an advantage because, because they're, they were born female and women suck. Yes. Yeah, so I'll easily that beat that all person. Are women at some point. I, it's just so disgusting. I just, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but now let's, just, let's, let's take, and we, we had the video of this. Let's take you and Tyler. Okay. Who's got the <laughs> advantage there? little that little bitch thinking he was gonna win right he's like well i'm a man because i have so i have a better advantage he got dominated right and there was no no yeah, uh, he's scrawny and i'm a big girl i'm yeah and, I'm just, and leg wrestling is, is as much about weight and weight control as anything else yes now he tells people i almost beat her i was like tyler you lost two to one but that one out of three i'm like 
Tyler, you got dominated. I think you only won that one because she was laughing so hard her face was red. Like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I just, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I never will. So, so we're back. So we're back on sports. So we're going to talk about what makes a sport and what makes a game, what makes just a okay. competition. Before we get because, there, let, okay, let me say ahead. this: you were talking about uh, reading that article that they should have. You know, if it's such a big deal, a trans uh, category, right? This right. is something I have always wanted to see. Not, not. I mean, the trans category would be awesome, but we have all these athletes over the span of my lifetime and probably longer who aren't allowed to play or get in trouble for taking performance-enhancing drugs. How awesome would a game of football be if everybody on both teams were on those drugs? How fast is that man going to run? I want, <laughs> I want to watch a game where they're all on performance-enhancing drugs. I want somebody to throw that ball 300 yards. I want to see this. Let's get that going, too. <laughs> do this home, this home run derby in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> they're all on... Uh, uh, what is that? Let's juice? just admit everybody's juiced and let them all be juiced. Yes, do it. Go for it. Let's see who can juice the most and hit the ball the farthest. That'd be awesome. Let's just watch this. I, I would like athletes to quit killing themselves over their sports <laughs> personally, but but if they're I gonna do it secretly, just open it up. <laughs> you know what I would like? I think if you're gonna have a trans category, you should just have a anybody who wants to be in this category can be in this category and compete. Because honestly. There are some badass fucking women out there, and they should have the right to choose to compete against the boys if that's what they want to do. You know what? Let's see. I know they exist. Let's see some some guy take on Serena and Venus Williams in tennis. Who's got right? the advantage? Let's see. Right? Th- let's see that. Let's see that. <laughs> <laughs> let's see them kick the shit out of most men. <laughs> Admittedly, there are some tennis pros, male tennis pros, that could probably beat them. Yes, but, but- I, I want to. It'd be competitive. I want to see it. I yeah. want to see it. <laughs> that would be awesome. And, and this is kind of what, like, you brought up the race car thing. And so I was thinking about it. Now, NASCAR itself, I I don't I don't watch a lot of racing at all. But as you know, I'm dating. There's a guy. He's a sports person. And he loves watching Formula One. And I was watching Formula One with him the other weekend. And I was, and I was struck by that this is on a sports channel, right? Uh-huh. And they keep referencing the word sports. And I'm like, is it really a sport? Are you really an athlete if you're driving a car? But when you're talking about Formula One cars, and I'm watching these guys, it's not just the race, but like there's like background stuff. Like there's this whole show about these guys like getting ready and what they do. And, and you're watching these guys work out and how much a broken wrist like affected this one dude's ability to compete. And I'm like, yeah, you know, if you have to physically train to do something like the G force of a formula one car is a thing you have to train to be able to deal with. Right. Yes. Like the bumps, their necks, like you watch their heads rattling around. They have to have strong necks. They have to work out to do this competition. And I think if you have to physically train your body to do something, then it's a sport. If your body has to be physically trained, right? Yeah. And I've been working out. Now, if you have to practice because it's a skill, I'm not going to call that a sport. I will recognize your skill and the practice hours you've put in, but bowling is still a skill, not a sport. I, I get it. <laughs> is a skill, not a sport. <laughs> Ping pong, that's, that's not I'm a sport. 
I'm not going to call you an athlete, but I am going to call you a talented competitor. I'll... Now, what the sports channel wants to play, they're just trying to get views. I don't care. It's all about money. <laughs> on what's that? I said, what does and doesn't make it onto a sports channel? It's all about money. Oh, yeah. They'll I mean, air ping pong. They'll air whatever the fuck they think people will watch. They were airing bottle flipping. <laughs> yeah, which is, again, cool competition. Cool skill you built there. Not a sport. Cornhole. You didn't have to, like, do push-ups to get good at that. Yes. You didn't have and to, like, go to the gym to be good at what you do. I, I, I'm not going to call you an athlete. I do get that. And and we had multiple discussions on this uh me and and Dan uh, about that. Uh-huh. I, I do I do agree. Like, look, I don't think I could just go hop in a Formula One or even a NASCAR as fast as they're going and be able to fight what the car wants to do. And I get that. And I get there's no fat athletes in in racing because first they're not going to get through the window. They're not going to fit in the car. Yeah, With NASCAR the window, Formula <laughs> One. Those cars are so tiny. Like yes. I'm practically laying down. <laughs> and and I agree they are they do have to be athletic, they do have to train. I get that. It's just in my head I can't say, "Oh, that dude's a badass athlete. He drives that left turn wicked." Like it's just yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like it's, it's the questionable one racing because um it's both skill and some athleticism and yes. probably heavier on the skill. Yeah. But just because I guess I'm willing to give it to anybody who wants to fight to be called an athlete because they do have to go to the gym and work out their necks and work out their wrists and work out their arms and look, I'll straight so, up give okay. give NASCAR and race car drivers Formula One, funny cars, whatever. I'll give them athlete over ping pong, over uh yeah, exactly curling. Those are games. Glad you're competitive. Uh, they're games, they require skill, yeah. but they're games. Yet yeah, those are Olympic events. Games, yeah. Like, oh, games. that exactly. Okay, there we go. I, I totally forget. They call them the Olympic Games. Yeah. And I guess I forget that because there are actual sports in those too, like basketball, hockey, you know. But yeah. I, I, I do forget. So, so that just kind of that corrects me a little bit there because it is the Olympic Games. So, ping yeah. pong is welcome. It is a game. But <laughs> it does just come down to they had trampolining, I think, for a while, which they don't now. Sports come and go from there all the time, and it really comes down to money again. Like, what will people pay to see? How are people paying to see curling? This dude is throwing an old-school iron down the ice while somebody sweeps in front of it. I mean, somebody's very excited about it. That's how it makes it in. Yeah, the old people that are on the cruise ship doing the same thing. (laughs) I just, I, I don't understand that, but I don't know. Like, I mean, you've bowled. And and so this all obviously came from um, Chase, who who's been on here a few times, and will continue to be on once a month at least. But he bowls; he's on a league, and I get it. Bowling is pretty much a game; it's more of a skill because there are fat bowlers. There, are, you could be smoking a cigarette and still bowl really well. But like he said, have you ever bowled sixteen games in a row in a tournament? That takes it out of you physically. Like yeah. You know what I mean? So there is some athleticism that is needed for these league bowlers. Yeah. Again, calling them an athlete. Like, I'm not going that far as you're an athlete, but in my mind it clicks like you're physically doing this. You're sitting in a car taking a left turn. I'm leaning more towards that. that. That's true. That's, that's fair. Because a bowler may have to depend more on skill and his body than a driver does. 
I, I don't know. Cause a lot of driving has to do with the car. Yes. Yeah. How like it handles the half, right tires. I, I could be but at least half of it is the car and decisions that are made about the car. Yeah. You've so got, you've got that entire team. For their skill Cause they're going so fast, so hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and I can't imagine like when you see those cameras inside formula one, like cameras from like on their heads. So when you're seeing like what they would see, Oh yeah. yeah just like, shaking I, and I would go normal speeds with that kind of <laughs> vision. Like that's all I can see. I'm not going like 35 with that. If that's all I can see. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I'll give them that, but so much of it depends on the equipment on the car that it's kind of hard to completely, I don't know if I'd go as far to say that they have to work harder than bowlers do. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's like one of those, like, but same as, as like when I was telling the kids art subjective, I guess. So is what is a sport? What is a game? Because it's all like you said, as far as Olympics it's what makes the money, what gets people watching NASCAR is huge. People watch. Yeah. Lots of things are competitive, but being competitive doesn't make it a sport. Yeah. I guess for me, I need to, I need to know that your body has to like perform athletic feats for me to call you an athlete and therefore call it a sport. Otherwise it's a game and you have an awesome skill that you worked really hard at. I admire you, but that doesn't make you an athlete. It makes you a skilled human (laughs) who worked really hard to do this really awesome thing. Moving on from, from sports to movies. Cause I've always got thrown movies cause you know me, I love movies. Okay. You know, super troopers, uh, beer fest. Yes. Okay, yeah. So those guys are broken lizards. They they were like a sketch comedy troupe back in in college, and they started making movies. They have a new one coming out. Funny enough, you know they're all about weed and all their movies. It's coming out on four twenty, but it's only on Hulu, and it's called Quasi. But I think you should check You'll out. You'll have the to tell me if that's any good once you buy it, because I know you will. Yeah, once it comes out to buy, uh, it's on Hulu now. Have you watched Cocaine Bear? No, is that good? I loved it. I thought it was great, but a lot of people talk shit about it because they go into it thinking it's a horror-ish type movie. Oh, this bear's on cocaine. He's just eating everybody. It's that's a true story, right? Yes, and so I mean, it's got like, a lot a of real cocaine bear. I think I'm sure for TV purposes, as they always do, they dramatize it a little extra. But yeah, and there's a lot of funny parts, um, you know, because I mean, imagine it. This bear is high on cocaine. It's not like he's just gonna go. You know, roid rage, it's just trying to get more cocaine. So there's like, there are parts that are, that you laugh at. And it's, it's, yeah. it's good. I liked it. Uh, I believe it's either Ray Liotta's last movie he filmed before dying or the one right before that. Because I know he died while he was filming a film. He got sick and, and passed away. But it's definitely worth a watch. I think everybody should at least check it out. I told mom too. I was like, just watch it and see. It's on my voodoo. Yeah, that's how I feel about everywhere all at once that's what it's called right i think you mentioned it last time everything everywhere all at once yes yes i fucking loved that me too. and i get why some people would be like uh it's a little bit too weird for me because it can be a little bit hard to follow but i thought it was such an amazing well-made movie i feel like everybody should at least give it a chance and if it doesn't connect for you it doesn't connect for you now there are other movies i can't forgive you for not liking for example, my daughter will forever be on my shit list because she hates The Breakfast Club. How? I, ever since you told me right? that, I don't get, like, how? Yeah, because because she was a homeschooled weirdo. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm going back to. Like, she really... So it's she your fault. She high school and public school, but she really... Yeah, it was my fault. She really doesn't get it. 
Like, I think yeah. you have to be a public school kid to really get like that movie, like the, you know, the princess and the jock and the. Yeah. Cause even my kids who went to together. the charter public school don't get that, but <laughs> they've lived with me long enough. They understand what's going on. Yeah. But, but she loves like a lot of, of, of the other John Hughes movies, which like were my childhood. So like and all the Molly Ringwalds, everything with Molly Ringwalds. So she loves Pretty in Pink. Sixteen she Candles. She likes all those other yeah. movies. Sixteen Candles, yeah. Can't Buy Me Love. Great movie. All of them. Yeah, it is a great movie. But she doesn't like Breakfast Club, and I just can't get over it. And then the other thing, and I think about that whenever I hear you talk about, like you were bitching the other day about one of your kids' friends not liking Goonies. How do you not like the Goonies? Right? <laughs> it's an incredible movie. You clearly are missing something important in your life that you and don't like. like I feel it's like ageless too, because it's just about kids getting out and having adventures with their friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about childhood all the way. Yes, and uh, you know, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. Which I'm sure, I, at least I would hope, at your age now you've seen it. But Saint Elmo's Fire, which oh yeah, I've watched that. I love that. Is that not like? Breakfast Club in college. Such a good movie. Like it's almost, almost the entire same cast too. But yeah, it's a great movie. And yeah, my kids and I think that's where, you know, sorry to all of the kids in the world that my kids have it better than you, because I show them all the classics like that. Like Riley loves John Candy. Riley, he when he was younger, he used to call them back of the day movies. And so yeah, like I love movies so much. I love all of them. I mean. One of my favorites, Rebel Without a Cause, uh, with James Dean. I love that. Same with Arsenic and Old Lace with Cary Grant. Good movie, yeah. All black and white, like great <laughs> movies. But then I also love stupid ones like Ace Ventura. You know, so yeah. <laughs> I have a wide variety. And to me, a movie isn't good because it did great at the box office or because the critics say it's good. If I'm entertained long enough to watch the entire movie, that was a great movie. I yeah. do have a lot of arguments with people. Titanic, I fucking hated. I walked out of the theater. I do not like it. I tried to watch it again. I, wa- I, I let it play the whole thing from start to finish. I don't like it. It's just not my type of movie. Now, it did great at the box office. Critics love it. They're actually bringing it back to theaters for like a 50-year anniversary or whatever. 50-year anniversary? Yeah, I don't we know. We are not that old. It is not that old. <laughs> what is it? I don't know, 20, 30 years. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But I so, die when I find out when some movies will come out like, oh, 30th anniversary. I'm like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> I swear I was just eating popcorn. My parents are on the couch watching this. What's up? Yeah. Well, but, that just came out not that long ago. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know I'm not the same as everybody. I have my taste of movies, which there aren't many that I don't like. Um, But Titanic is one of them. And I probably just pissed off half of my listeners, whatever. Not my thing. <laughs> I don't have strong enough feelings about it to argue for Titanic on their behalf. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> I just don't care one way or another. It's a movie I watched. I didn't hate it when I watched it, but I didn't like it enough to watch it again. Yeah, it's not when so. you went out to the store and bought or... Yeah, no, I just you know. don't care. Um, you listen to my podcast. You know, I'm not a fan yeah. of DiCaprio. Yeah. His movies are good as far as critics. I mean, I loved Gangs of New York. I thought it was awesome. The movies aren't bad. I just don't think he is that great of an actor. And I've explained oh, see, it many I times he why. He has a lot of range. I just don't know. I understand what you're saying. Like, he doesn't pull you into stories personally. 
Yeah, and I think that there are many other actors that could play that same part, and the movie will still be just as good. No, you're probably right. I don't. I don't have like Nate. Obviously, the Academy agrees with you. It took forever for him to get a an award. Who would you say is who's your favorite actor? Um, my favorite actor because he's a good actor. My favorite actor, period. Let's let's. I do... mean, my favorite actor is Harrison Ford because he's a fucking beautiful man. Yes, okay. and I don't care what he's acting. I love everything Harrison Ford has ever been in. So I would say he is equally a good actor and a beautiful man. Um, but would I claim he was the best? Maybe not. Maybe it's more because he's beautiful, which I think is where DiCaprio gets a little screwed sometimes because he's not as cute as a lot of actors. And so I think when you say anybody could play that part, a lot of people immediately, I know I do, think of all the gorgeous actors they love that you'd have loved watching them play that part, right? Yeah. DiCaprio's all right looking. He's kind of average. Well, well, like one and so of the, I don't know if it's that he's a bad actor or just that there's nothing stunning about him that catches your attention, you know? Well, I don't think he's a bad actor. I just don't think he's spectacular. Like, nobody else can do oh. that part. Like, I know, like, I've read about him. I know he puts himself, he, he like, trains to for these parts. Like, Tom Hanks is someone Tom I Hanks also is think a is a great actor. actor. So, a lot of people are going to think I'm saying this one because he's cute. But Brad Pitt who I honestly do not find attractive. He's too pretty for me. Really? Do I think he's sexy? In man. most of his parts. <laughs> yeah, he's just too pretty. But um, he could play bad guy. He could play good guy. He's believable as everything. Yes. And, and, and so that is impressive acting. When, you, when I can know you as one thing, and you can convince me you're another thing in a movie, that's impressive. And I just don't feel DiCaprio has that. Again, I'm not saying yeah. he's horrible. His movies are good. It's just now, and I, I personally partially agree with, with Dan. He hates Ryan Reynolds because he thinks it's the same character in every movie. My but argument, he's the awesome motherfucker we all want to be. Yes, but my argument with that is he loves Chris Farley and Adam Sandler. And I'm like, guess what? Every fucking movie, they're the same every character. Every movie, yeah. Adam Sandler is always is Adam Sandler in everything. Yeah. He's never anything else. Chris Farley was the same way. Every movie he did, he was that same type of character. But you love him, but you don't yeah. like Ryan Reynolds. Is it because Chris Farley that's was fat and Ryan Reynolds is gorgeous? Who knows? Yep, that's what it is. You're <laughs> just hating. <laughs> but You're I'm jealous because he's beautiful. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not out there claiming Ryan Reynolds is like this greatest actor. I do love his movies. But I go on to him expecting it to be that kind of movie. You know what I mean? Like, and and I guess I do think he's a good actor for those parts. I'm not going to hire him to be, you know, uh, like I said, Edward Scissorhands or 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 you know, one of those other parts. But I don't go to his movies expecting that. Yeah, I'm going to say, and that's what I'm saying about Brad Pitt because he can play almost anything and it's believable like i don't think oh he's not good at being a bad guy he's good at being a bad guy he's not good at being the, the love interest he's great at it I, he's been so many different characters and i find them all believable now like i said i love harrison ford but let's be honest is indiana jones really that much different a guy than say um tom solo yes one's in space yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what one flies a spaceship, one is a professor. But they're kind of the same attitude character, right? Like, they're they're just like that same, like, 
I'm a dude and I'm a bad uh, ass dude and watch this, me do this, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm sure somewhere there's a movie I haven't seen. The only one I can think of that's different, and, and I don't even think it's that different, but a little different, is Witness with Harrison Ford. Yes. That's where he was in the Amish country. Yep. Which that was a great movie. What about what about uh, The Fugitive? Oh, yeah. That, see, that's a good one. Yeah, see, Harrison Ford's a good actor. So yes. So <laughs> one one Lex really likes and likes all his movies, um, and she calls him her older boyfriend is Dennis Quaid. Um, yeah, he's pretty cool. Uh, and and again, great movies. Like all his movies are awesome. Uh, one of my favorites is Dreamscapes, and I don't know if you remember that one. God, was he also in Inner Space? I think he was also in Inner Space, where they get shrunk down. Yeah, and, he was in Inner Space. Yeah, and injected. You know, like yeah, he does great movies. He can do the Disney, and then he can do like you know, all these other ones and, and be good. Now his brother, on the other hand, Randy Quaid is like a Chris Farley, Ryan Reynolds. He has one type of character. Yeah. But he's also, character is awesome. Yeah. He's, he's great. And that's just who he is. I I go, I go to Ryan Reynolds movies because that's the guy I want to see that character. Yes. (laughs) And it works perfect for Deadpool. And it also, that same character worked great for Hitman's bodyguard. Like that yeah. sense of humor and, and stuff was just awesome. He, yeah. The the proposal is one of isn't my favorite movies. Do you know that one? Is that the with one with Sandra Bullock? Bullock? Yeah, I love that one. I love yeah. when the hawk swoops down and takes that little white dog. That's the best. <laughs> but I love Sandra Bullock. Uh yeah, I me think too. she is so beautiful. I love her. She does great movies also. I am all about them changing movies. I don't know if that like hurts your movie lover's heart when they like redo a movie it does mine i i'm not a big fan of that oh see i love it because i'm like yeah it's a great story let me let me see you retell it and see if you can do it just as well now do they always know and some things even if they did as well i probably can't appreciate because i love the original so much yeah but ghostbusters was not one of them i was no they did they did great but i also like that they did have cameos from the original ghostbusters in there i also don't like when they do a sequel and the original cast isn't in it don't do that. Don't, 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 no. But. Yeah, no. I know who that character is. Don't give me somebody else. Yeah. Because you're cheap. Now I'll go into it like, God, this is so dumb. Why are they putting an all-female cast? And I'll watch it and I love it. So I go into it with the, with the, you're hurting my heart. But I come out of a lot of them, again, the same way. Like, that was good. Now, like Aladdin, when they did the live action, I full on hate it. Not because Will Smith was bad or the movie was bad but because Robin Williams is the genie and always will be. I yeah. can't get behind. Will Smith did a great job. He, he did awesome as the genie. The movie turned out good. People loved it. But I can't get past that. The genie is Robin Williams. It's just how it is. Yeah, there are some people that that are so great, they just can't be replaced, and Robin Williams is one of those. Like, I don't know. I don't know that I could get behind very many Robin's, Robin Williams movies being redone. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, like, uh, like the storyline to Mrs. Doubtfire is simple enough. Just like anybody could do that, but no. Yeah, it won't work. No, I will say though that um, all the new uh, um, what the fuck is that movie? God damn it! The the game board. The they turned it into a Jumanji. Video game and all the, what's that? Yes, Jumanji. Jumanji. They did great. I love the new Jumanji. I am Jumanjis. so glad that they kept making those because I have loved the new ones. Yes. 
and the rock and and fucking jack black chris, uh, chris kevin black uh, yeah kevin hart kevin hart yeah we'll shoot anything again same two just like sandra bullock and melissa mccarthy those two the rock and kevin hart in a movie and it's a hit. Yeah, if you know they're together in a movie, you're like running out to buy a ticket. <laughs> and then you throw Jack Black in the mix with that? Boom. Oh, yeah. It's just, and the yeah, hot redhead and the tiny sold. shorts? Like, I was sold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to have to end this call soon because, well, I have to get up stupid early. Uh, and in, in the way we make everybody do it, you've got to take us out. All right. It was great being part of this pod, podcast. Dad bods out, bitches. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye.